Chapter Nineteen of Master of the Vineyard by Myrtle Reed. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. If love were all, the last of the packing was done, and four trunks stood in the lower hall waiting for the expressman. Alden had not seen Edith that day, though he had haunted the house since breakfast, waiting and hoping for even a single word she had been too busy to come down to luncheon and had eaten only a little from the tray madame sent to her room she was to take the early train in the morning the afternoon shadows had begun to lengthen when she came down almost as white as her fresh linen gown but diffusing about her some radiance from within that seemed not wholly of earth he met her at the foot of the stairs and took her hand in his edith i've been longing for you all day and i for you she returned avoiding his eyes listen dear give me the rest of it won't you the rest of what the little time you have left with us this afternoon and to-night for a moment she hesitated then looked him full in the face her eyes mutely questioning his i won't he said i promise you that then i'll come out on the river yes it's for the last time edith he said sadly the very last time i know she returned her lips quivered a little but her eyes did not falter clear and steadfast they looked far beyond him into the future where he had no part the golden lights in them seemed signal fires now summoning him mysteriously onward to some high service not alien even though apart from her they said no more until they were in the boat swinging out upon the sunlit river then edith glanced at him half shyly wasn't last night wonderful wasn't it he echoed i never understood before nor i she trailed a white hand in the water as they sped upstream the light touched her hair lovingly bringing gleams of gold and amber from the depths dear he said did you think that after last night i could urge you to violate your solemn oath or even to break your word i hope not but i didn't know i see it all clearly now if more was meant for us to have more would be right for us to take back in the beginning this was meant for you and me just this and nothing more how could there be more isn't love enough surely but the separation hurts never even to see your face or touch your hand again i know she said softly i'll want you too a thousand things struggled for utterance but true to his word he remained silent his whole nature was merged into an imperious demand for her the cry of the man's soul for the woman who belonged to him by divine right if love were all she breathed as though in answer to it i'd come if love were all he repeated i wonder why it isn't what is there on earth aside from this what more can heaven be than love without the fear of parting no more she replied we've lost each other in this life but there's another life to come helen's lips are drifting dust he quoted perhaps not that which once was helen may be alive to-day in a thousand different forms a violet upon a mossy bank a bough of apple blossoms mirrored in a pool the blood upon some rust-stained sword a woman waiting somewhere for a lover who does not come and her soul 
drawn back into the universal soul to be born anew in part or all what a pagan you are yes she responded smiling a little i am pagan and heathen and christian martyr and much else i am everything that i can understand and nothing that i cannot don't you see yes i see but what are we after all only two whirling atoms blown on winds of fate what difference does it make whether we cling together or are hopelessly sundered as far apart as the poles the same difference that it makes to a human body whether its atoms behave or not you don't want to upset the universe do you he laughed a trifle bitterly i don't flatter myself that i could not you alone nor i nor even both together but we mustn't set a bad example to other atoms as long as there's a preponderance of right in the world things are clear but shift the balance and then what is right he demanded roughly always to do the things you don't want to do that depends she returned shrugging her shoulders it is to do what you think is right and trust that it may be so alden stopped rowing he was interested in these vague abstractions and he said if a woman thinks it is her duty to murder her husband and does it is she doing right possibly i've seen lots of husbands who would make the world better by leaving it even so well abruptly as you indicate and the lady you speak of who as it were assists may merely have drawn a generous part of lucretia borgia for her sole substance and this portion chanced to assert itself while her husband was in the house and out of temper don't be flippant darling this is our last day together let's not play a waltz at an open grave the long light lay upon the tranquil waters and as a mirror might the river gave it back a hundredfold sending stray gleams into the rushes at the bend in the stream long arrows of impalpable silver in the far shadows upon the shore and a transfiguring radiance to edith's face where the marsh swerved aside to wait until the river passed the sunlight took a tall purple-plumed iris the reflection of the turquoise sky in a shallow pool a bit of iridescence from a dragonfly's wing the shimmering green of blown grasses and a gleam of rising mist to make a fairy-like rainbow that upon the instant disappeared oh said edith did you see see what dearest the rainbow just for a moment over the marsh no i didn't do you expect me to hunt for rainbows while i may look into your face the faint colour came to her cheeks then receded better go on she suggested if we're to get where we're going before dark the oars murmured in the water then rain dripped from the shining blades the strong muscles of his body moved in perfect unison as the boat swept out into the sunset glow deeper and more exquisite with every passing moment the light lay lovingly upon the stream bearing fairy freight of colour and gold to the living waters that sang and crooned and dreamed from hills to sea it doesn't seem she said as though it were the last time with earth so beautiful how can people be miserable very easily he responded the expression of his face changed ever so little and the lines appeared around his mouth i remember edith went on the day my mother died it was a perfect day late in the spring when everything on earth seemed to exult in the joy of living outside it was life incarnate with violets and robins and apple blossoms and that ineffable sweetness that comes only then inside she lay asleep 
as pale and cold as marble at first i couldn't believe it i went outside then in again one robin came to the tree outside her window and sang until my heart almost broke with the pain of it and every time i've heard a robin since it all comes back to me yes said alden quietly but all the life outside was made from death and the death within had only gone on to life again you cannot have one without the other any more than you can have a light without a shadow somewhere nor a shadow edith continued without knowing that somewhere there must be light they stopped at the cleft between the hills where they had been the other day but this time no one waited with breaking heart behind the rustling screen of leaves against the rock with some simple woodcraft of stones and dry twigs alden made a fire while edith spread the white cloth that covered madame's basket and set forth the dainty fare they ate in silence not because there was nothing to say but because there was so much that words seemed empty and vain afterward when the flaming tapestry in the west had faded to a pale web of rose and purple faintly starred with exquisite lamps of gleaming pearl he came to her and without speaking took her into his arms for a long time they stood there heart to heart in that rapturous communion wholly transcending sense to him it was not because she was a woman it was because she was edith the mate of his heart and soul and to her it was a subtle completion of herself the best of her answering eagerly to the best in him at last with a sigh he pushed her gently away from him and looked down into her eyes with a great sadness never any more beloved have you thought of that yes i know she whispered never any more i'll want you always and i you sometimes my heart will almost break with longing for you craving the dear touch of you though it might be only to lay my hand upon your face yes i know and at night when i dream that we're somewhere together and i reach out my arms to hold you close i'll wake with a start to find my arms empty and my heart full the whole world lies between us dear and heaven also i think no not heaven for there we shall find each other again with no barriers to keep us apart i shall live only to make myself worthy of finding you dearest i have nothing else to do ah but you have what the day's duty always the thing that lies nearest your hand you know i've begun to see that it isn't so much our business to be happy as it is to do the things we are meant to do and i think too that happiness comes most surely to those who do not go out in search of it but do their work patiently and wait for it to come that may be true for others but not for us what happiness is there in the world for me apart from you memory she reminded him gently we've had this much and nobody can take it away from us but even this will hurt hearts dearest when we see each other no more not always as she spoke she sat down on the ground and leaned back against a tree he dropped down beside her slipped his arm around her and drew her head to his shoulder softly kissing her hair i remember everything she went on from the time you met me at the station i can see you now as you came toward me and that memory is all by itself for nobody at the very first meeting looks the same as afterward there is always some subtle change i don't know why 
do i look the same to you now as i did then you've always been the most beautiful thing in the world to me since the first moment i saw you no not the first moment when was it then darling the first night when i came down to dinner in that pale green satin gown don't you remember as if i could ever forget and you thought i looked like a tiger lily did i yes but you didn't say it and i was glad for so many other men had said it before perhaps it was because past all your splendour i saw you the one perfect and peerless woman god made for me and sent to me too late not too late for the best of it dear what else do you remember everything i haven't forgotten a word nor a look nor a single kiss the strange sweet fires in your eyes the clasp of your arms around me your lips on mine the nights we've lain awake with love surging from heart to heart and back again it's all strung for me into a rosary of memories that nothing can never take away the first kiss beloved do you remember yes it was here she stretched out her arm and with a rosy finger-tip indicated the bare sweet hollow of her elbow just below the sleeve lover-like he kissed it again do you love me yes boy for always how much better than everything else in the world do you love me yes with all my heart and soul and strength and will there isn't a fibre of me that doesn't love you for always yes for always and so they chanted the lover's litany until even after the afterglow had died out of the sky edith released herself from his clinging arms we must go she sighed it's getting late he assisted her to her feet and led her to the boat moored in shallows that made a murmurous singing all around it and upon the shore he took her hand to help her in then paused if love were all he asked what would you do if love were all she answered i'd put my arms around you like this never to be unclasped again i'd go with you to-night to the end of the world and ask for nothing but that we might be together i'd face the heat of the desert uncomplainingly the cold of perpetual snows i'd bear anything suffer anything do anything i'd so merge my life with yours that one heartbeat would serve us both and when we died we'd go together if love were all god bless you dear he murmured with his lips against hers and you come the boat swung out over the shallows into the middle of the stream where the current took them slowly and steadily toward home for the most part they drifted though alden took care to keep the boat well out from the shore and now and then with the stroke of an oar dipped up a myriad of mirrored stars edith laughed give me one won't you please you shall have them all but i asked only for one then choose she leaned forward in the scented shadow serious now with a quick and characteristic change of mood the love star she breathed keep it burning for me will you in spite of clouds and darkness for always yes my queen for always when they reached the house madame was nowhere in sight divining their wish to be alone on this last evening together she had long since gone to her own room 
the candles on the mantel had been lighted and the reading lamp burned low near it was the little red book that edith had found at the top of the hill of the muses sighing she took it up how long ago it seems she said and yet it wasn't life began for me that night and for me i read to you do you remember just before i kissed you for the first time yes read to me again just before you kiss me for the last time then give me the book to keep which one the same no cried edith anything but that then choose close your eyes and choose it's like seeking for a message or a sign she said as she swiftly turned the pages then with her eyes still closed she offered him the book here read this is it a blank page there was a pause then edith opened her eyes it isn't the first one you read to me is it don't tell me that it is no said alden it isn't but it's a message listen she sat down in her old place but he stood at the table bending toward the light his boyish mouth trembled a little his hands were unsteady and there was a world of love and pain in his eyes with his voice breaking upon the words he read two separate divided silences which brought together would find loving voice two glances which together would rejoice in love now lost like stars beyond dark trees two hands apart whose touch alone gives ease two bosoms which heart shrined with mutual flame would meeting in one clasp be made the same two souls the shores wave mocked of sundering seas such are we now ah may our hope forecast indeed one hour again when on this stream of darkened love once more the light shall gleam an hour how slow to come how quickly past which blooms and fades and only leaves at last faint as shed flowers the attenuated dream for a moment the silence was tense then the hall clock struck the hour of midnight it beat upon their senses like a funeral knell then edith white-faced and struggling valiantly for self-control reached out her hand for the book good-night boy she said for the last time good-night he answered gathering her into his arms and good-bye boy for ever for ever he echoed good-bye he kissed her again not with passion but with the love that has risen above it then she released herself and holding the little red book against her heart ran quickly upstairs he waited until the echo of her footsteps had died away and her door had closed softly then he put out the lights and sat there for a long time in the darkness thinking before he went to his room End of chapter nineteen